When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glomdring, Orcrest, Sting, Artifacts of Middle-Earth. The grand majority of fantasy universes are filled with unique, often magical, and always impressive artifacts. Ranging from spectacularly named swords to supernatural objects, and Tolkien's Legendarium is once again no different. While perhaps the overall number of such artifacts in Middle-Earth is somewhat low when compared to other fictional universes, that doesn't make them any less special. We won't go over every named weapon or artifact in Tolkien's works here, but I hope to cover the major ones. First, let's discuss weapons. One of the oldest legendary weapons in Middle-earth was Morgoth's great hammer, Grand, also called the Hammer of the Underworld. It was only featured in a single fight, in Morgoth's duel against the elven king Fingolfin, the hammer was said to cause great fiery pits to appear whenever it struck the ground, accompanied by a small earthquake. Much later, Sauron's forces used a tremendous battering ram to destroy the great gate of Minas Tirith, and they called it Grand to evoke the memory of Morgoth's weapon. During the First Age, an elf named Eol became friends with a clan of dwarves and learned their craft. He would most notably use a fallen meteorite to craft two swords, both black and capable of cutting through iron. One of these, Aglachul, ended up being given to King Thingol as a begrudged payment. Aeol hated the Noldor elves and blamed them for the return of Morgoth, and his malice and spite were imbued into the sword. Thingol refused to use the sword, and instead Turin Tarambar's friend chose the weapon when going to search for his friend after his capture. Due to the malice in the blade, and possibly acting with sentience, the blade pricked Turin during his rescue, and Turin slew his friend in surprise. Afterwards, the sword's edges became dull, and Turin had the sword reforged into Gwurthang, meaning Iron of Death. This sword would go on to slay Glaurung, the first dragon. One of the most famous swords in Lord of the Rings is Narsil, the sword of King Elendil. Narsil, meaning Red and White Flame, was crafted by a famous dwarf craftsman during the First Age, and was an heirloom of the kings of Numenor. Elendil, a descendant of the first king of Numenor, ended up with Narsil, and carried it with him after the fall of Numenor. He used it during the final battle against Sauron at the end of the Second Age, but when Sauron killed Elendil, the sword broke into two pieces. Elendil's son, Isildur, picked up one of the pieces and cut the ring from Sauron's hand. Isildur took the shards home with him, and they ended up in his squire's hands, who brought them safely to Lord Elrond in Rivendell. Finally, during the War of the Ring, the shards were reforged into a new sword for Aragorn, called Anduril, meaning Flame of the West. Aragorn used the sword throughout the War of the Ring, often as proof of him being the heir of Isildur. During the First Age, in the great elven city of Gondolin, a number of powerful, well-known swords were crafted. The king of Gondolin wielded the sword known as Glamdring, meaning foe hammer. Other weapons made during this time were Orcrest, 
or goblin cleaver, and a small dagger. Glamdring and Orcrest were likely used in many battles before the fall of Gondolin, both slain many orcs. It's unknown exactly what happened to the weapons after the fall of Gondolin, but these three ended up in a troll's cave roughly 6,500 years later. Thor and Oakenshield's company, after dealing with the trolls, ended up finding the weapons. Gandalf took Glamdring, and Thorin took Orcrest, taking them to Elrond to reveal their names. Bilbo later named the dagger he took Sting, after using it to fend off some Mirkwood spiders. The orcs of the Misty Mountains recognized Glamdring and Orcrest and were fearful of them, meaning legends of them had been passed down for generations. Orcrest was laid next to Thorin after his death, and Sting was handed off to Frodo for his quest. Gandalf would go on to use Glamdring for over 80 years, carrying it all the way through the War of the Ring, and even after his death from Durin's Bane. Speaking of Gandalf, some might consider his horse, Shadowfax, a bit of an artifact. Shadowfax was the greatest of a special race of horses known as the Miras. According to legend, the Miras were horses brought from Valinor by one of the Valar. These horses were stronger, more intelligent, and more wild, bearing no man on their backs but the kings and princes of Rohan. After Gandalf's escape from Saruman at the beginning of the War of the Ring, he went to King Theoden in Rohan to find a strong steed. Theoden offered him any horse of his choosing, and Gandalf thusly chose Shadowfax, causing Theoden to resent his gift. Shadowfax and Gandalf grew a special bond, and the wizard rode Shadowfax throughout the War of the Ring. Capable of running incredibly long distances without stopping at very fast speeds, Shadowfax proved a valuable asset. Also of note, when Gandalf was confronted by the Witch King of Angmar in Minas Tirith, Shadowfax was said to be the only horse capable of standing its ground instead of fleeing. Shadowfax was likely taken with Gandalf to Valinor after the war ended. As for armor, the only real notable piece would be the Mithril coat owned by Bilbo and Frodo Baggins. Mithril was a very precious metal that was stronger than steel, but much lighter in weight, and was found only in the Misty Mountains and Numenor. After the fall of Numenor, there was only knowledge of a single Mithril vein in the Misty Mountains, which made the dwarves living there very wealthy. They traded some to the nearby elves, who made an alloy out of it that would only be visible by starlight or moonlight. This was used to decorate the doors of Durin, encountered by the Fellowship of the Ring entering Moria. The origins of the Mithril coat are mostly unknown, although supposedly it was made for an elven prince. It ended up being part of the Horde of Treasure in Erebor, protected by Smaug the Dragon. The coat was given to Bilbo by Thorin, who eventually took it back home with him. Bilbo decorated a stand in his home with it for a time, before donating it to the Matham House in the Shire, a type of museum for items of which hobbits had no particular use. When Bilbo left for Rivendell, he took the coat with him, eventually giving it to Frodo, who used it during the War of the Ring. To move on to something a bit more powerful, there were also the Palantiri, or the Scene Stones. The Palantiri were created by the great elven smith Feanor in Valinor during the Years of the Trees. The exact number of Palantiri that were created is unknown, but none more were created after Feanor. The Palantiri were crystal spheres, dark in color, and practically impervious to harm, although some suspected that the fires of Mount Doom could destroy them. Some of the spheres were about a foot in diameter, whereas others could not be lifted by a single man. The exact powers of the stones is somewhat vague, 
they were primarily used to see and communicate with each of the other stones. Some of the stones could not be used to communicate with the others, but most could. The stones were used by various kings and rulers throughout the ages, mostly to promote communication between kingdoms. However, those of great will and mind power could use a palantir to see wherever he wished, whether it be place or time. The full history of the stones is lengthy, but most notably they were used by Sauron, Saruman, and Denethor of Gondor. At least a couple of the Palantiri did survive into the Fourth Age of Middle-earth. The last artifact I'd like to discuss is the White Tree of Gondor. The first White Tree grew in the King's Court in Numenor, a gift from the Elves of Valinor as a symbol of friendship. The tree blossomed every evening, and its fragrance filled the city at night. When Sauron was taken to Numenor and began growing influence, he convinced the Numenorians to chop the White Tree down and build a fire in worship of Morgoth. The night before this occurred, however, Isildur stole a fruit from the tree and escaped the downfall of Numenor with it. Isildur took the seedling to Middle-earth, where he established the city of Minas Ithil, later called Minas Morgul, and he planted a new white tree there. Unfortunately, when Sauron returned, he attacked the city, burning the tree, but Isildur once again escaped with the seedling. He planted this one in the city of Minas Anor, later called Minas Tirith. This tree lasted over 1,500 years before finally dying to the Great Plague. Another sampling was planted to replace it, but it too eventually died roughly 1,200 years later. This time, unfortunately, they lacked another sapling, and so the dead tree was left standing. Finally, after Aragorn was crowned king of Gondor and Arnor, Gandalf took him up to the nearby mountain to look over his kingdom. When Aragorn remarked about the dead tree, Gandalf asked him to turn around, where Aragorn saw a white sapling growing. Aragorn took the sapling to replace the dead tree, which was buried in the tomb of the kings. Of course, none of these objects discussed in this video come close to having the same impact on Middle-earth as things like the Silmarils or the Rings of Power. That being said, it is often the smaller artifacts that provide for a much more interesting world for the bigger events to take place. While it could certainly be argued that the story of Lord of the Rings would be largely the same without Shadowfax, or Sting, or the White Tree of Gondor, it is precisely these types of things that prove to be so memorable.